Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. Stelio Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at Negative to Positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babu, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. are you guys thank you for coming out wow that's cool you just so you just watched it wow you got a lot of people here who have seen people. it multiple times right yeah that's right you could see it on your tv but you came out to see it here that's great there's nothing like seeing a movie in the dome that's right i agree so I wanted to ask you a little bit about the scripting process of this compared to Get Out. Is there anything about this that came more easily to you or maybe was a little more difficult? You know, uh, the, the, the big project that this uh, film uh, that was about early in the, in, in the process was sort of Answering the, the question of what was the audience expecting from Get Out, 
and trying to figure out how to use that expectation to my favor. And uh, that was uh, difficult, but also fun and part of what was rewarding. And I think w when you write a film and, and, and make a film, part of that process is sort of realizing that the movie is telling you what it wants to be. And that's what happened with this one at a certain point. You always sort of push your movie to a certain point, and then if you do your work and you sort of create this foundation, it starts to respond to you when you ask it what, what it wants to be. And so this was a, just a liberating experience and, and, and fascinating to, to figure that part of it out. With that in mind, what is the biggest difference from draft one to what we just watched on screen tonight? Oh, my God. I mean, you know, part of my process goes to so many... Hi, guys. <laughs> part, of my, part of my process goes to so many places early on. It, it, it really is about images and things that are gnawing on me, and I don't know why. And a great deal of the process becomes about trying to figure out the truth behind why is this thing... Why is this image terrifying to me? Um, so there were some, there were some wild drafts. There was a, a er, and by draft I mean thoughts of where this could go. I didn't, I didn't actually put these crazy versions to paper necessarily, but you know I was, I was toying around with a version of this that was much more stripped down and didn't have the family. It was a one-on-one -on -one doppelganger, horror, stalker story. And um, I, was, I was exploring that for several months, and, and I kept coming back to this idea that the, that image of four doppelgangers, it carries with it this really profound uh, truth to it. For those four people to exist that are the exact same age and look exactly like my family. For that to be grounded in any way, it would require that I had, I, we, I, we, I had sex with my wife on the same moment and the same sort of science, genetic uh, being came from our relationship and our love. So that, to me, created this idea of this tether of fate, which I thought was a very interesting idea, that in order for a doppelganger to exist, there would have to be this metaphysical connection um, that was kind of just crazier and deeper than something we can understand and put, put somewhere between religion and science. So one of my favorite things to do since this movie first hit theaters is just to go online and read the, like, millions of theories out there. So, like, with that in mind, do you have a little bit of a, like, I don't know, an us Bible or a lot of the rules, you know, written out scientifically? Or is it all, you know, metaphysical and, and, a, and a result of fate? Well, you know, there's, there's, a, there's certainly a more involved mythology at play than what we've seen in this film. 
Um, you know, I'm not like, you know, I imagine like Chris Nolan has like numbers and like pages of shit where you're like, oh, fuck, you went. No, I mean, part of what I, I became fascinated with is that this idea of a faded connection is part scientific, but it's also part poetic. And we t when you talk about a, a faded connection, that can manifest in ways that doesn't necessarily operate on um, a mathematical ca cause and response, but that there could be a poetic connection. Uh, I, if I could... I could almost drown when I'm eight years old and my doppelganger could simultaneously almost be burnt alive. Or he could almost drown. Or something else weirdly, poetically connected could happen. So that, to me, created this rule system where there's, there's a certain part you can't scrutinize. There's a certain part you have to allow to be poetic and be fun and be emotionally driven. Now, just because I'm curious, did you ever picture what a day in the life of a tethered person was pre-untethering? Like, what was going on when Red was down there priming them all to come up and reenact Hands Across America? Well, the, the shorthand, cheap version that I sort of would throw out as, as the general starting point guideline is they're doing what we're doing, but the scary version. <laughs> Whatever that means, it's the scary version. And the, 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 the momentum that we're, we're, we're trying to build uh, thematically in the movie is trying to get to this idea that Our, the, the version up here, the, the, the normal version, may be just as crazy as the below version, even though we're, we're used to this, this kind of insanity. You know, we're, we're, our mania is in consumerism and one-upsmanship, in our, you know, uh, the, uh, cutting our faces open. We going to amusement parks where we pay money to get in these devices where we scream. I wanted to sort of point the, put this connection together to at the end of the film you sort of you're you're left unsure who the scarier ones are. I'm going to rethink every single thing I do now. While we're still on the topic of theories, the one that I've grown a little obsessed with is is the Jason Pluto theory, and I believe you addressed that a little bit in the, I believe it was the Blu-ray commentary, but, you know, do you read theories like that and say, you know, there, there were a lot of clues in there that could have pointed to the fact that those two were swapped? Do, uh, yes, I, I do. I mean, the, the real question here is how do you deal with the the phenomenon when the, the phenomenons of these movies create worlds that are even bigger or different than how you intended and part of me wants to let those worlds live um and not to you know you don't want to make a movie and then be like okay now I'm going to I'm going to spend the next year telling you what 
everything was about, you know. Um, and I'm, I am delighted when I see theories, when I see ideas that I wasn't intending. It's a part of the beauty of the entire creative process um, of making a film. Is from that first step, you re- the, the name of the game is honoring everybody around you and trying to g- shelve your ego in favor of this collaboration and this great thing. And so when it gets to this audience phase, it's like, oh, shit, that part of it's over, but this collaboration continues. And I saw that happen with, I felt that happen with Get Out, and I felt that happen with us. So anyway, long story short, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like backing off of like getting into what I meant and what I didn't mean because I feel like I see people getting it. And I, and I see people bringing cool shit back, too big part of the reason why this is one of my favorite movies of 2019 you get the experience of enjoying it in the theater and then that conversation continues and that's when you know you got a special one on your hands one thing i don't think we talk about nearly enough is casting directors and you've worked with a great one here terry taylor and i believe you guys work together on get out as well so can you tell me a little bit about your collaboration together and as a director you know what do you look for in a casting director Oh, I'm so glad you brought Terry up because <clears throat> casting directors don't get as much love. Um, you know, it's it's a fun part of the process, to be honest. It can be frustrating as casting, but, um, you know, frustrating when you go out and somebody doesn't connect to it or you, you can't get. But um, it, it's very fun. And Terry just kind of helps it, helps it be fun. And she's she's a particularly... Um, talented with uh, finding great kids, great young actors. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, for for us, you know, I, I sort of had some of this ca- the cast, the adult casting in mind. But she went and found us these treasures in these young actors uh, in Shahadi Wright-Joseph, Evan Alex, Madison Curry, um uh, uh the uh help help me with the the twins <laughs> Matt, yeah Noel and Callie Noel and Callie I'm a bad person oh what can i say um um but br- these brilliant um young actors uh that uh and and Terry was pr- pretty amazing brought brought us a, a treasure trove of amazing um young actors. You've got quite the ensemble here, of course, uh, led by Lupita. And I know she's big into preparing quite a bit. So was there anything in her preparation that brought something out of Addie and Red that you didn't even expect? Uh, So much. Uh, This was one of these collaborations where from from the beginning, I knew I was going to be challenged as as a a creator. And you, you put... I look at my, my role as, as uh, in terms of the, the characters as, as being hiring somebody who can become the world's foremost expert on that character. And then when they understand it and when they, hopefully they'll understand it better than I do, 
when we're on set, they can be answering the questions, you know, is, is sort of the idea. Um, so Lupita came out of the gate and just really grilled me with the, the characters and really had me break down the connections between the two. Um, genetically, this is the same person. Um, I spiritually in some way it's the same person the circumstances are different and that's kind of this enigma that is is maddening right you know about the film so she um she dove in and took it on and i was like look this thing is going to kick your ass cuz you're going to play two roles and you're going to fight yourself and it's going to be miserable and it was and she was, and it was for her. She'll tell you, like, I will never play that role again. Um, but then I saw her in, like, Universal Halloween Horror Nights, like, playing that character, by the way. So, uh, bullshit. Um, but, no, it, she, uh, she's also a performer who, on the days where she's Adelaide, she was warm and and welcoming and like funny and fun and when she was being read it was like it, she was terrifying terrifying like, I didn't want to walk into like where she was being held like her cage like she was so it was, it was so fucking awesome and so inspiring one of those uh, performances that like when she gets on set um Everybody knows why we're here and what we're doing. Goes, oh, that's the fucking movie. That's what the queen of the tethered is. It was special. What can you do as far as scheduling goes to kind of help her out? Do you have to schedule by location and they just have to flip on any given day? Or is it mostly so they could get the tethered and the regular above ground uh, portions done i mean i it feels like every movie has a bunch of crazy problems uh, to it that are specific and unique to this movie and this story and and there's one specific problem that ends up being the thing that will will make you or break you if you figure it out and for this one it was the scheduling it was this idea that we had all these characters playing two characters sometimes with themselves, sometimes an eight-person an eight scene. And on top of that, we're shooting a lot of nighttime, and we're, with ch- we're working with child actors, and there's very strict rules on how many hours you can work with a, a, a young actor, uh, a minor, um, on, in, when uh, school is in session, or whatever the fuck. But it, it just absolutely uh, kills you. It kills you. I mean, it's it's good for the kids. It's good for the kids. <laughs> Whatever's good for the kids. No, but um, so all these factors were pl- were just uh, a absolute puzzle, and um, I, I, and one of those factors for me was maintaining Lupita's um, stamina because she was going to have to. She had to do the hardest work, you know. Um, <laughs> but then there's also this point. Where, you know, you call it that weird Hitchcock, oh shit, are we, fuck, are, we getting, are we getting crazy point where it's like 
she she's going to this dark place and she's exhausted and you're getting good shit. And she's like, she's like, you stop. She wants to stop. She wants to not do it. And you're like, okay, but you know, keep you. You want to feed the beast and get keep her angry because it's. So it's this, it's this wonderful thing that happens, and all, and ultimately, it's all it's you know, it ne- it never got to anything, <laughs> anything uh, to that level crazy. But the amount of pursuit that she and I both put into figuring out what that character was was was. So fun. You bring up a scene where you've got eight people in a room, and I am curious about, I don't know if stand-in or photo double is the right term, but what's going on when you've got your primary actors there with their doubles, especially compared to, let's say, another scene where two of your lead actors are are acting opposite one another? What do those doubles need to give that, in most cases, they might not? That's a great idea. I mean... the you know going into this movie i i knew that if we got too excited about the fact that we were doing you know what haley mills did in you know 60 years ago or whatever like the fucking two actors in the same you know it wasn't that it's not that cool so so don't don't try and do like all these special effects and like show like yeah here's the pita like try and put it together like it's a movie with uh, eight actors so that's why we went to just kind of really conventional old school means and figured that you train let's train let's put the audience in the the format their brain is trained to like yeah that's a character talking and that's a character talking so the doubles become such a huge part of this thing. Their, their talent, their skill, their ability to kind of mimic the physicality that they've seen, to remember what somebody did before, to kind of predict what they're going to do the next day, it becomes, it becomes so important. And, um, you know, I think the actors developed a really unique bond with these doubles because everybody's playing these characters in different ways. It was was cool. So effective. So you've now made two movies that I think many out there are clamoring for sequels to. So I'm curious for you, how does the desire to return to those worlds that everybody wants to go back to stack up against your interest in creating another world? You know, I think that people actually don't want me to go back to these worlds. I think, I think that the part of um, the, the response that I've gotten is that even, even if it would be cool or even if you know, I could promise it would be better, um, I think the, the, the promise, the risk of something different um, is a beautiful thing. It really is. I am very curious, though, what's the next thing? Like, do you think that the remaining tethered can stand up to the forces that are going to come at them eventually? Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I'd resist to actually answer, answer that question yeah. because you never know um, what, what could happen. But um, I, I think part of the answer you're looking for is that to the tethered, it doesn't matter. The, the, their purpose was, is the expression. 
And that there was something kind of terrifying to me. Uh, we see it all the time today. Terrifying to me about the idea of violence as expression because it's, it's, it's an inevitable force. And um, anyway, so that, that to me, I, I feel like what happens after is fascinating, but irrelevant to the tether. That is a very satisfying answer. And with how much I've thought about what happens next, job well done answering right, that question. Jordan, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Again, if you guys wouldn't mind staying in your seats, but please do give Jordan oh, Peele a round of applause right now. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you enjoyed this Collider FYC screening of us. Stay little chico, pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I have pen fed, that's a fact. I have pen fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, figgins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.